Ed, thank you so much for joining us here on Silk Road Talent Talk. Today, I want to talk a bit about company culture, and you just gave a presentation called Making Culture Concrete. There was some companies that are getting culture right. Every company is talking about their company culture, and even the ones that are doing it well, it's a big conversation piece. But others struggle. So what ingredients make a company culture good? Well, I think you have to start that question by saying, what do we mean by culture? And some people mean sort of the color of the walls and having parties. We, what we mean by culture is patterns of behavior that lead to higher output, lower stress, and sustainable growth. So we ask the question, what are people doing in your organization that actually leads the organization to be flexible, functional, and output-oriented? Turns out that also creates lower stress on the employees, so it's, it's a good practice that way too. And so that's always been kind of your mantra. It would be like high output, low stress. But company culture is something that's ongoing and it forms on its own. So how do you measure where your culture is now once you've defined culture? And then how do you know where you want to take it? Well, the tagline of my company is higher output, lower stress, sustainable growth. And the first two parts of that are a really good framework for what you call measuring culture, which is to say measuring the patterns of behaviors that are going on around you. You can look at a behavior, a systemic behavior in management or in leadership and say, does that behavior produce high output or low output? Does it produce high stress or low stress? And that turns out to be a pretty good compass for what kind of behaviors we want. Now, the question of how do we change behaviors is an interesting one, and there are a lot of approaches, but usually you need to have some version of supply and demand, which is there has to be some information about how to practice a new behavior, and there has to be some demand for the new behavior. And we work that different ways. We use L&D solutions. We do whole group and whole organization interventions. Sometimes we just do one-on-one -on -one coaching, or we do online learning. But whatever we're doing, there's some version of there's a demand for the behavior, which means it has to be a behavior that will help. If you don't select cultural behaviors that will make things better than they are today, then you can't make someone adopt them other than by force, which means they'll stop as soon as you're not watching. Whose responsibility would it be to make sure that, one, the behaviors are good, but then two, people aren't stopping when they're not looking? Well, asking whose responsibility is the culture is kind of a funny question because it's sort of everybody and nobody. Yeah. It's nobody and that everybody thinks it's somebody else making the culture, quote unquote, but it's actually everybody because we're all practicing behaviors and in the practice of behaviors, you're teaching the people around you what they should do. So we're all role modeling. Now, in terms of how do you make a behavior stick, we always focus on behaviors that are uh, helpful, meaning they produce a better result, and that they're visible and duplicable, meaning someone can see you doing it and copy it. Those behaviors tend to stick because people see you doing it and they take it on as their own. If you try and force a behavior that doesn't fit, like you try and force extra data collection maybe, you can force someone to do that, you can incentivize it, you can put a program on it, but at the end of the day, if something doesn't make someone's job better, they're not going to do it unless you make them. So we stay focused on the behaviors that are going to make the job better because those become the new culture, those become the new assumptions about how the world works. That's what drives the culture. And so the one thing that I'm getting to is that it is, it's internal. And it's something that you do from your, for yourself, and then hopefully other people will adopt. Well, you're allowed to force people to do things if you're a leader. But you should know that when you're done forcing them, they'll stop. So if your goal is to make a permanent change in culture, then you don't want to be in a position where you're forcing it. What you want to do is you want to be in a position where you're enabling a behavior that's more productive than the current behaviors. There may be some cajoling and coercing at the front end to get people to start. But once they start, if they see that it helps, they'll keep doing it. If they don't, then they'll look to see if the gun is still pointed at them, and if it's not, they'll stop. So that's the key to permanent culture change, is to help people start behaviors that actually help them. Well, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today, Ed. Hope to see you again soon.